Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast. It's our goal here to communicate late breaking news and insights about all the topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings to all the stakeholders in the ResNet ecosystem. I'm your host, Bill Spillen, and I've worked in the HVACR and building performance markets for over 30 years, and I've been working with the fine team at ResNet for nearly that whole time. The federal tax credit for builders of energy-efficient homes, commonly known as 45L, in some ways remains an artifact of old thinking. How much has technology and performance in housing advanced in the last 15 years? And what can you do to stay informed, aware, and exert influence to improve what could be a significant motivator for building more energy-efficient homes? Now, please take note, this episode was recorded in late September 2021, yet will air in late November 2021. Consequently, some factors and details may have changed in the interim. Steve Bain joins us to share updates and possible changes that are coming in the 45L Federal Builders Tax Credit with the event of a new administration and changes in Congress in the last year. In past episodes of Res Talk, that would be episodes 57 and 62, we have learned of the on-again, off-again nature of 45L and how this pattern makes it hard for builders to count on it and invest the engagement in their planning cycles. Steve also notes that its basis is as ancient as a 2006 flip phone. Unfortunately, this legislation is again scheduled to expire this time on December 31st, 2021. Steve covers the proposed changes that include giving more credit to more energy efficient homes via two tiers of performance with corresponding levels of tax credits. As he covers the intricacies of how this is moving through Congress, Steve remains hopeful that the legislation may receive a much needed upgrade and perhaps be extended to last for five or even 10 years. Now, the ResNet community is encouraged to learn more and engage with their legislators to drive home points such as local jobs, the progress being made in construction technology, and how builders must put skin in the game to participate. There are a series of links in the show notes about how ResNet community can advocate for this via resources. There are also details for builders on the IRS Form 8908, which is what's used to claim the credit. And then on a final note, Steve closes by noting, if the 45L is revised or extended, there will be great in-depth coverage of this topic in the 2022 conference. And there's a link to learn more about the 2022 ResNet conference in the show notes also. So let's get into this and see what Steve has to tell us about the updates to 45L. Good afternoon, Steve. Good afternoon, Bill. So today we want to talk about the tax credit topic of 45L. Why don't you give the listeners a quick refresh on what that means? We've talked about it before, but uh, let's give us a little bit of background on what it is. It's a $2,000 federal business tax credit for builders who build and sell energy-efficient homes. And it's been around since the early 2000s. It was enacted as part of the last energy policy bill that was passed under President Bush. And so it's been in effect a lot. It's become quite popular. The only problem is it's been in that that was not given any certain life and had to be renewed each year. And the difficulty expanded. It was hard for builders to plan on it because 
some years it would be extended one year and then some years it wouldn't and then they had to go back retroactively forward and backwards and so it's just been going through extenders and it was originally designed to be 50% more efficient than the 2003 IECC. That would be the quality you need to achieve for the housing. That's exactly right. And it really hasn't been touched except in 2007, they changed it from the 2003 to the 2006 IECC. And it hasn't been touched since. So it's been over a decade where the threshold has been in effect. But it served its purpose because we saw homes builders willing to try these new technologies, such things as putting ducts in condition areas that would help them make the tax credit. But it's ancient and it's been unpredictable because a builder really couldn't plan not knowing how long the tax credit is going to last. It was renewed two years ago for two years and it's now scheduled to expire on December 31st of this year. 2021. Okay. And this is something that any home builder or multifamily developer could take advantage of? That is correct. Only thing that required was that a certified rater go in and do the calculations using an approved Department of Energy software program. And then if the software showed that it achieved the goals. And another problem with the tax credit, it really wasn't a true performance, even though it said it had to be more than 50% than the IECC, it did things such as excluded hot water heaters. So you couldn't do the calculations for hot water heaters. And then also had a requirement that a certain percentage had to come from shale improvements. So it was really kind of hard for people to intuitively, so there was no really correlation between a HERS index score and a tax credit. But it did require a rater come in, inspect the homes, feed it into an approved software And then that was the basis of the credit. What's going on right now? Is Congress looking at the issue, this topic? Yes, because there's several things what's driving Congress to look at this. First, as we mentioned before, it expires at the end of this December. (laughs) When things expire, that usually brings attention to Congress. (laughs) That's right. And then it's been shown to have broad housing industry and environmental community support. So this is something both builders and environmental and energy advocates does. And by and large, it's seen as an effective strategy as a policy initiative to improve home energy performance and combat climate change. And so what happened was about a month ago, a group of 186 House Democrats sent a letter to House leadership urging the inclusion of extension of clean energy tax credits in the forthcoming reconciliation bill. What that bill is, is that's in the headlines right now, is it's about a $3.5 trillion investment in American infrastructure covering all the way from healthcare to clean energy initiatives. And these Democrats encouraged the leadership to include the extension of this. And 45L was identified as that. And because it was expiring, we saw a couple of interesting things that's taken place. One of which is there was a number of proposals out to deal with extending and amending the tax credit. And there was basically three options on the floor. One that was presented by the chairman of the Senate Finance Committee, Senator Wyden from Oregon. One by the House Ways and Means Committee. And then one by the Biden administration. The Senate Finance Committee's version was interesting. It would have no expiration date. In other words, it'd be a permanent tax credit. And then it would also include an increase of the credit amount over time to adjust for inflation. So this tax credit was put in effect in 2003, and the dollar amount has not changed. 
since then. From the 2000. Yeah, so this would adjust it for inflation. It created two tiers for the tax credit. Instead of being 50% over the IECC, it would offer $2,500 for a home that was labeled by the Energy Star Home Program or $5,000 for a home that was certified under the Department of Energy's Zero Energy Rating Homes Program. And then the Biden administration came up with a version of the tax credit that was a little bit more complicated, more of a Chinese menu, if you will. It would increase the tax credit from $2,2500 and then extend the credit for five years. And it provides target options of three. One is which is energy savings percentage from 50% to 60% over the 2006 IECC, or the home be labeled by Energy Star, or the annual heating and cooling consumption at least 15% below the 2018 IECC. Now, the House Ways and Means originally had a menu option, but each House committee was designated by House leadership to come up with their portion of the package of this reconciliation bill. And just in late September, the House Ways and Means Committee passed out their version of a credit that would be part of that. And it's really similar to the Senate, except for the following change modifications. One, instead of being permanent, it would be an effect for 10 years, but there'd be two tiers for the credit. Energy Star would be $2,500, very similar to what the Senate proposed. And then homes labeled by DOE Zero Energy Ready Homes Program would be $5,000. So the two differences between in the House and Senate, one is permanent, one is only for 10 years, but the dollar amount and the thresholds are exactly the same. Where's Resnet's position on the tax credit? I'm sure you want to see something happen. Yes, we've been working on this for a long, long time because it just made no sense for tax credits to go backwards. You're not moving the market for anything. You're rewarding people who've done good anyway. The threshold that was used was ancient, 2006 IECC. I mean, how many people have cell phones that were dated in 2006 now? And then also, there was no quality assurance oversight of it which subjected itself to shenanigans by unscrupulous people because all it took was the rater to self-certify that the home met it. Now, there is a clause under the penalty of perjury, but I don't think anyone's ever been caught at that. So there was a need to do it. So we've been advocating long to extend and amend the tax credit. And we were just overjoyed to see both the administration and both houses of Congress take this up. What's your vision, your best guess, what's going to become of this credit? Well, this is not going to air until November. <laughs> so, okay. So we're really asking you to polish that crystal ball, Steve. Okay. Yeah, because I hazard a guess something that I could be proven wrong clearly <laughs> when it goes. I mean, you're operating off of today's knowledge and intuition and insight. I'll stick my neck out and make a fool of myself in some respects. The conventional wisdom as of September 23rd, and this is a rapidly changing thing. This reconciliation of $3.5 trillion is not without counter controversy. It's pretty much pulled by all Republicans. And what this reconciliation means is that in the Senate, because it deals with the budget, only deals with a simple majority, not a 60% majority that on most legislation. So because Democrats have exactly 50 senators, it would require every Democrat to sign off and vote for this. And single Democrat votes against it, it fails. There are already two senators, a senator from West Virginia and Senator is Arizona, who are Democrats, who are concerned over the price of this $3.5 trillion 
the conventional wisdom is that the House will pass this package, including the 45L, ship it to the Senate, and then the Senate's going to probably do paring knife to it to get to a number where they can capture all Democrats. Whether this can happen, I don't know. We'll know by time <laughs> this is aired. But here's another thing, though, that I am a little bit more confident of. Because the House and Senate concepts are so close to each other, and it is a concept supported by the administration, we're going to be looking at another extenders package this year. Because it's not only this credit that ends on December 31st, but a whole host of other important credits out there. So the chances are, if this doesn't go through the reconciliation bill, it'd be part of an extenders package. And then my thought is, since the language of House and Senate is so close and it's gone through this process, what we could see is a cut and paste, taking it from the reconciliation bill and putting it into the extensions bill. So I'm really optimistic that something like this is going to pass this session of Congress and that we'll have somewhere between a five to 10 year extension, give builders some kind of ability. It's going to be clearly yes or no. Anyone can understand you're either your energy star or your net zero energy. I do like the idea of giving a bigger goal for builders to achieve by putting the $5,000 credit for net zero. Sure, and the push towards net zero. Yeah. And so I think it goes a lot of places where a lot of people are talking about. And to me, it just really, after spending a lot of time in Washington, walking down Capitol Hill uh, halls, it is nice to see recognition by leadership of House, Senate, and the White House that this tax credit is important. It needs to be extended. And it really needs to be changed. Is there something that listeners, builders, rating community can do to inject their voices into this discussion? Absolutely. By the time this is aired, the reconciliation package is done. So if that's passed and it made it in there, the answer is probably nothing. Just sit back and celebrate. Oh, cheer. <laughs> yeah, cheer. <laughs> yeah. But if it doesn't, then I think the effort needs to be done is for builders and raters to contact their congressional delegation particularly in the Senate, and tell them how important this tax credit is and encourage them to take what was in the reconciliation bill and put it into the extenders package. But I think it's important for builders and raiders to have their congressional representation, understand how what they do, how they're leading the path to zero energy homes, how they're bidding homes that's so much different than when this tax credit passed. And then the fact is that how important this tax credit is to get to the next step level. I know it's always important when you talk to your local representatives or your representatives that you speak in your own voice from your own experience that has the most resonance. Absolutely. Are there any bullet points, places people could glean the headlines to make sure that there's resonance with them? Yes. I think the three things to do is, one, to let the representations know that there's jobs in their district that's involved with this, because many times the congressmen don't realize it. The second one is how much progress that the housing industry has made towards making its homes more efficient. And then the role that this tax credit could play with a relatively small investment that can make it over the top and push it to the next step level. And that these dollar amounts and this is really important to let them know, particularly the Republicans, this is not a dollar-for-dollar dollar credit. I mean, it takes more than most builders, to more than $2,500 to get Energy Star. So the fact is, is that the builder is putting skin in the game. So in essence, you can look at it that the builder is matching the federal funds 
going in. So its purchase power is much more significant than that $2,500. The other one I would urge people is that this doesn't necessarily have to go, you have to go to Washington to do this. Each congressman has a district office and most senators have several offices. And I think it's important for them to reach out to their local offices, which is many times down the street, and brief the person because that's what their job is, is to be the eyes and ears of the congressman or senator in the district. When you're in Washington, when you walk the halls, you can just see the halls full of lobbyists, most of them not inside the state. And this gives a chance to really show the congressman and senator that there are businesses in their state that this is important to. And that has a lot of resonance there. We do have a page on our website. And Bill, I will send it to you. You can put it in there that has these talking points and then how you can find where your local office is at. Do you know anything about the uptake or activity? Is there some kind of metric on how many builders have taken advantage either recently or over time? It has grown. At one point, we could do that because by and large, it was done by Raiders. And so we were able to capture that. But now I think Raiders is not even a majority of what's going on. And so it's hard to tell. But the last I heard from the IRS, and this has been a couple of years back, it was over $100 million. It's been significant. Unfortunately, a lot of that money really hasn't gone to market transformation, largely because this retroactive improvement of the credits. The homes have been built. The homes have been sold already. The $2,000 really didn't buy anything except a pat on the head for the builder. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, right. It's whole news. That's that's not really. And the threshold was so old that it really wasn't that much of a challenge to the builder. Because when you think about it, the 2006 and the HERS index has basically the same reference home. And that would be 100 on the HERS index score. So 50% of that is like a 50. And when you looked at last year, the average HERS index score in across the country is a 58. So you can see that that threshold wasn't the big steep thing that was originally designed for. Yeah. And I think the on again, off again nature of oh, it. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. If you're a builder, if you want to build energy efficient homes, it's a nice reward. But if you make it as an investment strategy to move your whole production line in to take advantage of that, you got to have some certainty because they can't turn a ship. You, when you think about all the planning, plan reviews, code of applications, supplies, materials, you just can't tame your production line in one year. Now, is there the ability to go back and capture it for previous tax years? The existing one, yes. It's when the home is sold. Okay. And it's a tax credit, so it doesn't like you get a check a certain period of time. So you can always go back and amend your tax, your return to do that, as long as the rating took place beforehand. Now, the problem with a lot of the strategies for the rating is you need to look at the insulation grading and stuff like that, which is the home's been built is tougher on. But I do think that this legislation will be, if it passes, will be effective on January 1st. It would only apply to homes that were spilt and sold after January 1st of 2022. I pulled up here the IRS form 8908. If anyone wants to delve into the intricacies of it to see what's required, those are the instructions for the form 8908. So the good news, again, out there is that ResNet no longer is alone walking the halls saying we should do something about this, that it is picked up. To me, it was really impressive to see 186 congressmen sign a letter saying that this tax credit should be continued. Yeah. 
But those are all Democrats, though, right? They were all Democrats. Okay, all right. Well, the fortunate news right now is is that in the House, you'll need a simple majority. <laughs> and the Senate's going to be where it's more interesting. But my feeling is is that there is Republican opposition, but it wasn't to 45L because there was a whole bunch of clean energy. And some of the Republicans' opposition to it was other things that not 45L because this is probably one of the smaller credits. But for instance, there was a lot of Republican opposition to electric vehicles saying it's welfare to the rich because only rich are buying electric vehicles. And there's a couple other clean energy provisions in there that Republicans did not like. But the 45L, I have not heard anyone oppose that concept. And it passed, and it was extended in Congress despite who was president, whether Republicans were in control of the House or Republicans were in control of the Senate or the Democrats were. These things kept on going through. The bottom line is here that it's a fairly hopeful scenario. By the time this airs, we can just rah-rah and cheer about it. But if not, please, builders and raiders, get involved, especially with your senators. And if I can pull in another plug in here, is that we will be going into this great detail at our ResNet conference that will take place virtually and in person in February. So if this does go through, make sure to attend the conference and get the latest in details on how this is going to work. And I think I want to point out to people that this is a tax credit, not a deduction. It's very powerful, particularly for a builder. It's got much more power because on a deduction, you just take that amount and reduce the amount of taxable income you have, where this is a credit where you subtract it actually from the federal taxes that you Right. And it's your multiplier of one over your tax rate. If it's 20%, it's 5x is really the impact it has on, on your income. So I'm pretty good with math, Steve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I couldn't have gone there. <laughs> There's a look of hesitation on your face. <laughs> yeah. You rescued me. <laughs> you go walk the halls of Congress. I'll sit back and do the math. <laughs> there you go. Got deal? a deal. All right. Got okay. a deal. Cool. <laughs> Well, it's good to hear from you again, Steve. Any closing points on the topic? No, I think that this is important. I think what we're seeing is a federal focus on energy efficiency and that we're seeing all kinds of initiatives coming out, both the administration and Congress. And I think that this is clearly seen as a policy lever to meet those goals. And I'm just optimistic either through reconciliation, which is a big political fight, but even if they extend it, since this was such close to House and Senate, getting something that's not just simply kicking the can down the road for another year. Right. Improve the standard, give it a longer expiration date or no expiration date. There's also some sense, if you're going to have a federal tax credit, that there is some logic to involving it around a federal program. Very good. And Builders Raiders, please get involved. There'll be a link in the show notes here to the ResNet website that has the talking points for you to absorb and to relay, to talk about this and get this moving in the right direction. Thanks again, Steve. Bill, I really appreciate it. I'm glad to get the word out. And it was kind of funny sitting there trying to guess the future. When time it's aired, the future's been determined. Yeah. Yeah. That's always fun. Well, maybe what we can do is this. Is besides the conference, once this is over with, maybe we can have another session and talk about what actually came through. Yeah, let's do that. That'd be a great idea. And we could insert it even as a little bonus episode anytime in the schedule just to get out the latest, greatest information. So out there, everyone stay tuned and we can get you the latest update then. We will do that. Thanks, Bill, again. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Take care. Steve. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Res Talk. We hope you learned some more about the 45L tax credit and what's happening in Congress lately in 2021. If you're a pro in the building market, surf on over to resnet.us to learn more or to join the email list. You can also find ResNet on Facebook or Twitter. The quote for today is by Bill Haslam, a U.S. politician. Good legislation should bring clarity, not confusion. If you're interested in feeding back to ResNet what you heard here today or want to hear a new topic covered or just have a general question, please send an email to info at resnet.us. If not subscribed or reviewed the podcast, please consider doing so. As always, thank you for listening to ResTalk. Take care. Thanks for listening to the ResTalk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes of the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk. Thank you.